John, let me ask you a question. What's up? Does Jonathan. John, please, Jonathan. <laughs> so that was, that's my question, okay? Because my mother named me Jonathan, right? True. And I go by John, J-O-N, right? Because if I was originally called John, then I'd be J-O-H-N. But I'm named Jonathan, so yeah. it's J-O-N. You have the same first name, I do, and you also have people call you John. Right. Now, my mother gets upset when people call me John because she says, if I wanted you to be called John, I would have named you John. Mm. So she calls me Jonathan. My, mo- my mom calls me Jonathan. My sister calls me Jonathan. My dad calls me Jonathan. Like Everyone in my family calls me Jonathan. No one calls me John except for people who I know outside of my family. It's like friends. Even like my best friend, like Frank, who has been on the podcast before, like he calls me Jonathan because you know he grew up with me. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, my mom is the only one. She'll call me Jonathan occasionally, but everybody else is when John. When you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Jonathan. John is easier. It is. It is. So like in my professional life, because I've gone by a lot of different names, like weirdly enough, right? So like I was born Jonathan. My family all called me Jonathan. When I got to middle school, they called me Joker because I made a joke because this kid was trying to bully me. On the bus. So, like, so going, you're the Joker. That's what they call me. Like, I know. What kind of joke was this? this that you... Like, so like this kid was trying to blow. I'm gonna make this short because like it's it's an okay story. It's not a good story, right? So this kid was trying to blow. I was in sixth grade, you know, and this guy who was in eighth grade. He was like the class clown, whatever. We were on the bus home, and he's trying to bully me, and he's like the kid was dumb. Like he was like just a dumb kid, right? I don't know what he's doing now. I don't even remember his name. But he was like he was like a bully, and he was trying to bully me. But like I was smarter than him, so I like made him look dumb. And so because he felt threatened, he's like, "Oh, you got jokes. I got a Joker over here. Oh, all right, Joker." <laughs> and so that's what they called me. Like the name stuck. Like all the kids who were on that bus call me Joker. And then like you know, I was in sixth grade, so people start calling me Joker. Like, oh, I guess your nickname is Joker. So they kind of cut on, right? Oh. And so I was from sixth grade to eighth grade. Everyone called me Joker. And then I got to to high school. And I started playing football. And when you play football, like they in order to get to know kids i guess whatever they put your name like at least at my school they put uh like duct tape on your helmet on the front of your helmet that had your last name on it yeah and my last name is dennis so everyone called me dennis because it's, like, it's a first name people thought i screwed up and put my first name on the helmet <laughs> <Like this idiot. laughs> yeah exactly like duh, don't you know you're supposed to put your <laughs> last name on it you big dumb idiot I'm like no nah, that's not that's actually my last name uh, so in high school everyone called me dennis and then i got to college that's your fault I'm I know. Not corrected. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing because I knew everyone. Because I think football starts before actual school starts, so all the kids from the football team yeah, call me Dennis, yeah. and then everyone at school call me Dennis. So <laughs> you gotta nip to, it in the bud. I know. Really. Then we get to high school, or sorry, get, then we get to college, and then they call me John. I like John best out of all the other names that I took had. you long enough to uh, finally put your foot down. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, oh, whatever, whatever you want to call me. I really, I didn't care that much, right? But my mom has something to say about. People call me John. She's like, I call you Jonathan because your name is Jonathan. Now, like when I hear someone say like, like prefer to be called, like because some people actually like are like that, who their name is Jonathan and they refuse to go by John or anything else, which is fine. Like I'll call you whatever you want to call it. Like what, whatever you want me to call you, I'll call you. But, Mama name of Clay, I'm going to call him Clay. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I don't mind it as long as you spell it right. That's the thing that annoys me is when people spell it. Jonathan wrong. They try to add H's. To right. It There's no H in there. Like, get out of here. And O-N at the end. Like mm, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. That's another. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, we have someone who on the podcast now, which I'm sure, you know, 
you know very well at this point, Bubby Johnson. Thank you for joining us on the uh, Somewhat Sports Podcast. My name is Itania. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which like I kind of get because it's not super easy to spell Ditania. But like, so so do you want to go into why people call you Bubby or why you prefer people call you Bubby and not Ditania? So like, when I was younger, my baby sister, well, my older sister, she was a baby at the time. We both started off as babies. Crazy, right? Right. That's um, <laughs> So uh, how that works. Yeah. <laughs> when we were younger, she couldn't say brother, so she would always call me her brubby. And then mm-hmm. as she got older, she just dropped the R, and it was bubby this, bubby that, and my mom picked up on it. Like I've never actually heard my mom call me that name. And today's That's actually my mom's birthday. Oh, so, happy yeah, birthday! Still, I mean, when they hear this, it'd be it'd be late, but yeah, happy birthday, mom! Nice, like a little shout out there. Yeah, I just I've never like I've never liked the name Jonathan for me. Like I don't I don't mind when my parents call me that. Like it's fine. Like I I just you know that's what I was called growing up, so that's what I got used to. But I've never insisted on being called Jonathan because it doesn't bother me that much. As you can see, considering the fact that I've had six different names growing up, it's a pretty boring name anyway, to be honest. Well, because like when I think like when you th- when you think of the name Jonathan, right? Like what comes to mind for you? <laughs> the Butler. Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> or like like an assistant to somebody, right? <laughs> like Giorgio Armani has like an assistant. Oh, you can leave your business car with my associate Jonathan. Jonathan will handle it. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Like like someone who likes to take care of stuff for somebody else is more important than me. I don't like that. You can't even say Jonathan cool. It's like Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> I know some cool Jonathans, man. I mean, I'm sure they're cool as people, but like the name in and of itself does not scream cool. No, it doesn't. You're right. <laughs> What's your name, bro? Jonathan. How many famous Jonathans <laughs> do you know? So uh, that are like a go by that Jonathan. Go by Jonathan. See, that's the thing, like, because I know like Jonathan, Jonathan Stewart, like John, John Stewart, like from like The Daily Show, <laughs> or Jonathan Stewart, the Carolina Panthers running back. Um, either one. I feel like I just gave you two. Well, John Stewart, <laughs> the Daily Show guy, goes by John. John. Jonathan Stewart goes by Jonathan, I, I guess. I mean, maybe his friends call him yeah. John. I don't know him well enough to, to know. Sounds like a loser to me. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, there there we go. We have it. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, I can't tell you uh, too many other Jonathans. That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone who's like, I mean, not everyone, but, I mean, people I know <laughs> who, you know, have some sort of public persona, they go by John over Jonathan. Yeah, it's not your idea or radio name. Mm-mm. Would you yeah, say? I would probably have to agree with that. I, or like Jay, like they throw in the initials. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like so, mine would be like J A Dennis if I were to go by. Or J D. J D. No, I mean, yeah, you can go by J D. I'm saying like, but if it was like, you know, uh, like F Scott Fitzgerald or something like that, like or you know, what's another one? That's like it starts the first two. Like the first initial, the first name, first initial of the, of the middle name, and then the last uh, name. P.H. Uh, Chang. P.F. Chang, you mean? <laughs> P.H. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. So J. Everyone always asks. Everyone always asks me why I don't go by DJ, but I feel like that's. Uh, so Wait, basic. when I thought when you like do initials, like so DJ isn't J the J supposed to be your middle name? It depends. That's, no, it'd be Johnson. Like, because I don't. It, it depends on if you go by your middle. Like, do you use your middle name? No. What is your middle name? Lee. Oh, uh, is that where the L no. J L Williams five from your Instagram account comes from? Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. It all makes name. sense. Lee. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all coming, coming together. together. <laughs> yeah. 
Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan Lee. Jonathan Lee. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, man. That sounds, sounds like, like I'm about to clean up like, a table for you right now. Yeah. Or or someone has to turn something into you. Jonathan Lee. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's official. I like it. <laughs> All right. Enough of uh, first name talk. I think that's uh that's cool. Last enough. names now? Yeah. Uh, let's go fully into last names. No, I think we're good there. So, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little football. And I, so this is something that I thought was super interesting. And at least the reaction to it was super interesting. And it was nice to, it was refreshing to hear uh, because you don't really hear it too often. Um, but uh, the Houston Texans played the Carolina Panthers, the loss of the Carolina Panthers uh, this past weekend. And a reporter for what I assume to be a Houston Texans beat reporter, uh, Rivers McCown, I think his name is. Um, yeah, based out of Houston. Uh, he posted to his Twitter account this uh, video of Deshaun Watson during this press conference. And I would just want to play it for you real quick because it's been making the the rounds uh, virally for the last uh, couple of days. Cause it is, it is super interesting and not something you really hear too much uh, from an NFL quarterback. The, the coverage they're playing, is there anything you guys can do as an offense to manufacture more opportunities for you to try to try them downfield or were, was that kind of the only two or three opportunities you had in the game? Uh, I mean, you know what coverage they're playing. Well, you you said uh, earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm not. No, no, no. I and that, I want I want to cover. It's cover four. Yeah. So what the the safeties are doing? They're playing deep, and they're guarding number two corner sink, and they trap two. And so what they're doing is keeping everything in front. The linebackers are playing anything across. Kiki is playing in the middle. He stops everything that crosses the middle. He jumps everything that, and the safeties are charging on number two. So if the safeties are playing low. Then we can't take that. We have to hit double moves. Mm-hmm. We did the post because Reed stepped up on two with an out over the top. I didn't hit it. Same thing with Hop. In route, safety jumped up. He went vertical. I didn't hit it. That was the only two. After that, they played back. Mm-hmm. Curve two, six, buzz, which is safety. Reed comes in between. Keekly, the outside linebacker, he plays deep. I got to get rid of the ball. So I thought that was super duper interesting. Because usually you don't really get to hear quarterbacks or really anyone uh, explain coverages and why they decided to you know do a certain thing or why they decided to stay away from a certain thing. And obviously, you know if you pay if you paid attention to uh, Houston Texans football in the Deshaun Watson era, their bread and butter in that Bill O'Brien offense is taking deep shots down the field. Whether that's to DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, now they have Kenny Stills now. So you'd think that like getting the ball and pushing the ball downfield is something that they put a priority on, and I guess they weren't doing that so much during the Carolina Panthers game. And so the beat reporter asked them, you know, hey, why didn't you take more shots downfield? He's like, well, we wanted to, but the safeties are playing back. Like, I mean, he took a long way to, to say that, you know, and, and obviously it's a, a lot more informed way of saying that he, the safeties played deep and kind of just wanted to take that away from us, uh, which is a smart way to play, and it ended up working out well for the Carolina Panthers because they ended up taking the win. So... I mean, does anyone have a, a, an explanation as to why these guys aren't doing that more often? Is it just because the reporters aren't asking the right questions, or is, do they think that you know, it's going to go over everyone's head? Like, I mean, it's like John, let me ask you: You're not like the biggest like football, you know, like X's and O's guy. Like, you you watch football, you enjoy football, you know, but you're not like a full on X's and O's guy. You're much more a basketball guy. So, like, does that kind of stuff go over your head when he says stuff like that? First of all, I'm not going to ask the question in the first place if I know. A response might tell me 
on having to respond back to him right. and engage in conversation. So right. I'll navigate my, like I'll ask the questions, whether they're open-ended or tailored to the knowledge that I have. Right. He kind of set himself up for that. A little bit, yeah. You can tell he got like a little flustered there uh, while he was while he was yeah. doing this whole thing, where he was kind of like, because uh, uh, he asked, right. oh, "What do you know? What coverage they're playing?" And I don't think he was saying it like, "Oh, you know, well, do you know what yeah, coverage they're yeah, playing?" Yeah. It was more to the effect of like, "Hey, you know, we uh, like, let me ask you, you know, do you know why we weren't taking shots?" You right. Know? And he, this is this is kind of what he came up with here. No, no, no. I, and that, I want I want to discover this cover four. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 which like obviously you kind of caught with your pants down there a little bit, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but you can tell he wasn't really prepared for that question. Right. You know, because he's I mean, he's he's looking to see when you when you're doing one of these sports stories, you want to get, you know, the information out to people from uh, from a results perspective. Right. Not so right. much. uh this is what coverage they were playing when you're writing an article like that. Right. And I, I think um, people appreciate the honesty. Like, it, yeah. let's, if he came back and was like, I don't know much about it, but here's what I'm trying to, to get right. to, then I think that would be okay. But it seemed like when he was all flustered like that, yeah. it was kind of like him like trying to stay like the professional image of I'm supposed to know this stuff right. and I really don't know it kind right. of that getting mixed with each and, other rather and than just is, coming out and saying it. Yeah. And it is kind of unfair to think that like, cause you're, you're trying to watch the ball. Like at the end of the day, like when you're reporting to the masses who may not, who, who have a vested interest in like did the Panthers or the Texans or whoever win or lose right. more so than like, Hey, why didn't Deshaun Watson, like what coverage were, were, were the Panthers playing that Deshaun Watson didn't right. take more shots down the field. So from that perspective, I can see why, like, you know, you're more intently focused on the ball. You have to kind of go back and look at film later on. This is immediately after the game during the press conference. So I'm sure he didn't have an opportunity to look at the the all 22, you know, coaches film and (laughs) and dissect what coverage, you know, the the Panthers are playing. So that's why he asked Deshaun because he figured he would know. So I don't think he was prepared for that that follow up question. But I, I love stuff like that. Right. Like to me, that is amazing. Like even though it's not like super like if you know. X's and O's football to a degree. Like even if you've played like Madden and really try to like dive into it, you can really kind of like get a lot of that information. Like yeah. cover two versus cover four versus you know cover six or whatever. That kind of stuff isn't what everybody knows. But if you if you really like are a football nerd, like you'll understand at least rudimentary like what that kind of stuff entails. Yeah, you know. But and, and we saw the same thing uh, with, with Kevin Durant. When he was kind of talking about, you know, more like the X's and O's approach to how they were playing uh, against the Clippers, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I love that stuff. And I wish there was like a way we can get more of that stuff. Yeah, I think it's just it just depends on who you're interviewing and what mood they're in that day. That's um, true. Because <laughs> because most of the time they're really open ended questions and it's up to them to 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 give you what they want. I think you you mentioned um, Kevin Durant, and the the thing that pops up to me is when they asked LeBron um, what happened in the last two minutes of that game, and he spewed he uh, spewed out every single thing. Yeah, that happened in the last oh, that's two minutes. great. And all of a sudden, he's a genius when it comes to a oh, LeBron can remember everything. Well, I'm like, most people can remember what happened in the last two minutes. This they inbounded here, they were going to run this play, doing that. Right, but. You wouldn't have got that content if he didn't decide that he wanted to answer that open-ended question like that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of just up to the interviewee. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just curious to see if if that's something that someone who isn't super well versed in like 
different coverage schemes and stuff like that. If that's something that like is that, is that when you hear that, is that something that you really like dig, or is that something that's like I I don't want to hear it if I don't understand it. So even if it, <clears throat> you know, if it, if it takes you explaining it in, in layman terms, then mm-hmm. then maybe that's better. But if if you start spewing that out and I really don't know what you're talking about, I'm not gonna care. Yeah, I'm gonna tune it out. So. That's fair, Bobby. What do you think? I think I mean it was interesting to see Deshaun Watson give that explanation based off of his question because I don't really feel like his question really was that detailed enough to kind of warrant such explanation. To me, it almost seemed like Deshaun Watson was... Uh, trying to flex on him? Yeah, not even, maybe <laughs> trying to flex on him, but also kind of also at a point where it's like, you know, let me just take it here for you. Like, almost like, you know, they've done... You've seen a lot of other guys respond to uh, questions where they are very short with them or they kind of mm-hmm. cut them off or, you know, just, oh, it wasn't there. And I felt like he's like, you know what, I've taken the, the approach or we've seen this approach and it hasn't really gone anywhere. Let's let me really explain to you why. And yeah. and and you could tell that it kind of did go over his head. Uh, and a lot of a lot of people who responded to the video were like, man, basketball is nowhere near this this in depth or uh, you know, they don't it's not as complex. And I agree that there's not eleven people, but when you really if you know your sport, you know what I mean, and you know what to look yeah. for, you can give an answer like that in almost any sport you play. Right. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, as a football player, he's a quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know what I mean? So, obviously, he's going to be able to give you such a detailed answer. And a lot of people who are in football is like, that's not even a complex answer for right. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. kind of, that's still somewhat dumbed down. Like, there's a lot more that, that, that a quarterback is looking for. There's, you know, the breaks in, in, in the routes that's ran and depending on what your drop back is, how much time you have. Like, there's so much more that goes into it. He could have taken that answer a lot further. So, it's like, as a reporter, you have to know. I, I think, if anything, Deshaun Watson just kind of drew the line to I'm a professional athlete and you're a reporter. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's almost like continue to ask questions or, you know, continue to do what's best for the story. But there's, don't ever think that, you, you know, know more than me. The only thing you, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times we look and we're like, oh, if I had, if I had this guy's height, I could do this. Or if I had that guy's, I could do that, but there's still so much more than just the physical aspect when you play these sports. Right. And it, if anything, what really brought me to was um, the, well, I think it was a principal in Texas. I forgot, who, I forgot who it was. It was someone in Texas who was complaining about having a black quarterback for the Texans right. and how he's not smart enough. And I think that answer, like, what he brought broke down really goes back to that original quote. And I believe it was in the beginning of this year. If not, I forgot when it was, um, but some person of, I guess, somewhat power in Texas uh, school system was kind of complaining about how the Texans have a black quarterback. All right. and, and, and that kind of his answer there was kind of like, a, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit more than just that mm-hmm. kind of like Lamar Jackson. Maybe I'm a little bit more than just a, a running back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love exactly. it. Oh, me too. I liked it a lot. It was it was so it, to me it was so refreshing to see and I'd love to see like more of that. Like I know that it's not going to be for everybody. Like if you don't understand like coverage schemes, like I get it. Like it's not it's not going to be for you. But if I can find a way, like I, I know that the uh, the NFL uh, I think nfl.com does this sometimes uh, where they 
they'll put down they'll put breakdowns where they'll talk to you know uh, a star player they'll talk to like you know luke keekley you know going back to the panthers or talking you know they'll, they'll talk to uh you know guys on the offensive line you know taylor lewan or whatever and they'll say like okay what do you what do you see here like what are your responsibilities so people like really who like love the game can get in there and like really understand what these guys are, are looking at because that to me like that's if you ever think that <laughs> that football is just you know eleven guys on one side and eleven guys on the other just like pounding into each other repeatedly for four hours, it's not that at all. Well, it helps. It helps NFL's case when he does give an explanation like that yeah. because it's more refreshing to hear that rather than well, we gave one hundred and ten percent. We took what the defense gave us. Yeah, yeah. And we and scored the, more the points. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. You know, oh, we left it all on the field. Yeah. You know, it's it's like like okay, like what, what does that really do say? Well, we're gonna take it day by day yeah, and exactly. go back one game go. at a time. That's right. That's right. We're gonna get back there. Get back to work. Keep our heads down. Keep it moving. Keep out the noise. Yeah, all like the- I say. What did you do differently about this game? Well, I talked to so and so, and he said just keep doing what you were doing. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. And right, I'm sure somebody wants to hear something different than that. Yeah. So. Exactly. It I, does I just help. wish there was more like substance to some of these questions. Like, I, and again, I don't know if it's uh, if it's the reporters need to ask better questions, or if the, you know, if the the players or coaches or whatever just don't want, feel like going into the X's and O's of what's going on. Yeah, you know. But that's that's to me like I, I, it's so funny to see people who are like armchair you know quarterbacks or armchair coaches. You know, they'll talk about the the Green Bay game right against Philadelphia. And obviously, we know the result of that game. Aaron Rodgers, at the end of the game, throws an interception, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's what the stat column reads. That's what the the you know report is going to say. The story is going to say. You know, in the next day's paper, whatever is that Aaron Rodgers ends up throwing the the game away. You know, with a last second uh, interception. But and and, every, and interesting, everyone I heard it from so many people uh, online. You know, people who you know I talk football with, where they'll talk about how oh you know why why doesn't uh, um, Matt Lafleur run the football. Like, why aren't they running the football? It's like, okay, you're on the two yard line. I get it. You know, most people, conventional wisdom says run the football, but it's not that simple. It's not because first off, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, their run defense is tremendous. Like their front seven is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is not good. Okay. So that's that is their weakness. Their weakness is their defensive backs. You have if you're the if you're the Green Bay Packers, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. A Hall of Fame quarterback. You can, and not only do you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback who threw for already 300 yards this game. Okay? Devontae Adams had 100, 185 yards, I think it was, 180 185 yards mm-hmm. in the first like half of the game it seemed like yeah right so why don't you let your hall of fame quarterback throw the ball like why is that like i understand when you look at it with hindsight yes they should have ran the ball because the ball ended up being intercepted okay so and i have to play devil's advocate here go for it and and i agree with you i don't i don't mind you taking a shot or two passing the ball but when you go for it on all four downs, throwing the ball, and you're in a shotgun formation on two, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even three. I I, I don't remember. I, I think it was. I want to say three possessions. They were in a shotgun. I agree with you that throwing is not a bad option when you get down there because you can catch a defense off guard. 
But if you're in a shotgun formation, I know you're probably throwing it. And even if you are to do a draw or a handoff, I, you still give us enough time. You take a, a two-yard play, right. a, a play on the two-yard line, and you, and you put it on the four-yard line, the five-yard line. So we can still recover. I just feel like if you're going to throw it in that situation, you at least got to go under center with a fullback and a running back back there. You know, if you want to throw a jump ball, you can still do so. I think uh, they used to do a great job with Calvin Johnson in that. Like, they would never do it out of the shotgun. Right. You know, a lot, most of the times you would see that fade to the corner where he was a single right. wide receiver. Yeah, get everyone like, pulled hey, in tight, get the yeah, safeties down in the box. Still, right. You know, we still look like we're running it, so you got to respect it. When you're in a shotgun with four receivers wide or three receivers wide, it's like, okay, hey, yeah, our secondary is bad, but this looks like a throw to me. And it almost seemed like Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a, a really good game this year. This was, that was probably his best game, um, you know, touchdown-wise, stats-wise. It almost seemed like they were trying to just pad the stats for him. You have such a good defense. You get stopped on fourth down. There's plenty of time left. Why not kick the field goal? You, and you're going to get the ball back. You believe in your defense. Like, them going for on fourth down was almost like forcing the issue. It was almost like Aaron Rodgers was like, I can do this, have faith in me, let, let me win it. And, and, you know, there, and we've heard a lot of arguments about him and LaFer not really – getting along everyone everyone says that like he doesn't really let Aaron Rodgers like had the freedom that he once had so that game to me and I and you know I'm in Wisconsin now so <laughs> trust me when I tell you that <laughs> I, yeah. yes I I felt that game um but it, it just almost seemed forced to me that they were trying too hard to get Aaron Rodgers stats and uh like I said if you if you want to throw it that's fine but don't let I mean there were I think anyone in the stand everyone watching that game knew, oh my gosh, should they go another throw? You know what I mean? So Yeah, but I mean when you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback, you've always got a chance, man. Like I'm sorry. Like I mean I know Dev- Devontae Adams is on the sideline because he had like a turf toe issue or whatever, but like when you if I'm an offensive coordinator or even I mean I don't know who was making the decision there whether it was Matt Fleur whether if, if it uh, Matt LaFleur whether if it was uh, uh Aaron Rodgers who said like I, I don't care like I'm gonna go for this and he did it like of his own volition and said, you know, I'm you know uh, 35 year old, you know, quarterback, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. You know, I'm I'm making the call myself, or, or you know, who was responsible for that play call there? But conventional wisdom, like I understand, yeah, you want to run the ball maybe once or twice, but if you're going against a team who's like their best asset defensively is their ability to stop the run, like their whole success is like predicated on being able to stop the run. Then why do you, especially when you're missing a guy whose name was that? Uh, uh, Bulaga was uh, was missing in that game. He got injured that game, and and their other tackle uh, Bakhtiari was not. You know, he was. I think he was limited in practice the week before, so he wasn't 100. percent So I understand not wanting to to run the football there, especially when you're running into the teeth of like that the strength of that defense. So you attack the the guys on 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 the outside. That's I mean that that's what makes sense to me. And I totally understand that, and it does make sense. The only thing I would say is. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's not the only one getting paid. The guys up front, you got five offensive linemen who love what they do, and you pay them a lot of money as well. I feel like four downs to get two yards. If you can't get it, then you don't deserve to win. I feel like, you know, by throwing the ball, it's almost like, hey, maybe we can get stopped or, you know, deflections can have or there could just be a drop. But, like, in four downs, I would expect someone to be able to push for it for two yards. I understand. Yeah, you know, but I mean, and that, once again, that's just me playing devil's advocate. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
All right, so I want to talk about a little bit of a – I don't know if I'd call it the surprise of the week, but, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it is a surprise of the week. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look pretty good. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> – For this week. Yeah, they did look – well, they look good. Uh, you know, they look good this week against the Rams. Uh, week before against the Giants, not so much. You know, obviously that defense gave up uh, points to Daniel Jones, who uh, kind of has come back to earth a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, we'll, you know, I don't know if we're going to get have time to get into that later, uh, but that was interesting to see. Uh, but you know, the Buccaneers have won some games against some pretty decent teams. You know, they beat the the Carolina Panthers, who I don't think a lot of people thought that the Panthers were going to lose that game. And obviously, you know, we know now that Cam Newton wasn't really healthy, uh, but. It just goes to show that if the Buccaneers can, and you know, and Bruce Arians can kind of limit uh, Jameis's turnovers. I mean, he had a great stat line. He had an interception, obviously, but uh, four touchdowns, three hundred and eighty-five yards, sixty-eight point three percent completion percentage, good for a one hundred and twenty point five uh, quarterback or a passer rating. Excuse me. So, I mean, and they ended up taking that game fifty-five to forty. Is it just a case of playing up to your competition? It could be. I mean, so they they played the, the 49ers. Yeah, that too. Well, I guess, I mean, the Rams were, were the NFC South, or the NFC, no, uh, uh, the NFC uh, champions last season. So, I mean, they don't, they don't seem as good as they were last year, at least not as dominant mm-hmm. as they were last year. Uh, but oh, I, I don't think you would say that they're a bad team. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I just don't know what to make of this Buccaneers team yet. Because in sports in general, I think the – the rule is like if you play down to teams' competition and play up to teams' comp- uh, competition, it usually doesn't end well in the end because you take some losses that you shouldn't have that right. come to haunt you towards the end of the year. So, um, I mean, it is a good question: are, are are these Bucks better than we're leading on? Better than we think? Yeah, I mean, to to me, I don't think that Jameis has been perfect. I think that mm-hmm. he's had a lot of really boneheaded interceptions. Really hasn't been uh, fluid with his with his motions. You know, throwing the throwing the football. You know, kind of sloppy, kind of loose with his mechanics and everything like that. But when he's taking care of the football, for the most part, they've been getting wins. And I mean, you could argue that they are a what thirty five, thirty six yard field goal from from Matt Gay away from being three and one right now on the season. <laughs> But they're not. They're not. So. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, you know, they're not. But Because you could say don't put your kicker in that position in the first place. I guess. That's always the... Fine. <laughs> fair. But I, to me, it's it's just super intriguing because the defense looks better with Todd Bowles at the helm now. You know, Tom Bo- Todd Bowles has always been a really solid defensive coordinator, a really good defensive Shaq line. Shaq Barrett is a beast. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Shaq Barrett has come off tremendously. I mean, he's, he's trying to make his case for uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, with yeah. with his performances, he's been absolutely fantastic this season, and has led to a lot of their success. I mean, obviously, he had that uh, the 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 Rams were kind of driving a little bit, and he's the one who knocked that football out of Jared Goff's hand, and and Dominic <laughs> ended up running it back for a, for a touchdown, and kind of just put that game on ice, um, as it were. So, but I mean, to me, I, they have the playmakers on offense. Ronald Jones has been has been getting a little, uh, some good uh, reps in. You know, there was kind of some questions whether or not he'd take the next step this season, and he looks. Far and away better than Peyton Barber, in my opinion, as at this point. You know, plus you have Chris Goblin, who's been tremendous. I think he's what he's third or fourth in the league right now in terms of uh, receiving yards, and you yeah. know he's not really considered to be the most physically gifted receiver on this team. I mean, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans for for Pete's sake. So, but, go ahead. And you know what though, uh, 
we see that happening a lot. Like when you have a number one receiver who can warrant so much attention from the right. secondary, it really allows speedy, talented, good hand, you know, second guys. Like, you know, you say what you want, but I think that's a lot of reason why Juju is yeah. struggling right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have that number one guy anymore. Yeah, it doesn't help that Mason Rudolph's also throwing the ball too. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. But I mean, even with Ben Roethlisberger to start the season, right. Juju wasn't what we expected from him. Devontae Adams is still good, but you know, when he's seeing those double teams and even those triple teams at times, you yeah. know, it's hard to break free. I feel like Godwin and they said um, Arians was their that their plan is for him to get 100 receptions this year, right? And you can it looks like he's on pace to do so. You know what I mean? Like he's been really, really good. I. I like what the Bucks are doing. I think that their defense looks a lot better, but it's a little too soon for me to like jump on board. I don't think the Rams are the team that they were last year. And you know, we kind of talked about our uh, our expectations for the year, and the Rams were one of my teams to kind of disappoint for this year. Um, you know, with everything they got going on with Todd Gurley and him not being happy and not really being a focal point, they're not running the ball as successfully. Their defense is on the field more, and I don't care how good you are. When you lose guys and you have to be on the field more than you have in the past, you're not going to put up the same numbers. You're That's not going to be as, as successful. That's fair. Now, I, I mean, that uh, NFC South, though, is pretty wide open. I mean, Kyle Allen has been has been playing pretty all right in, in relief for, for Cam Newton. I mean, he had a couple of solid starts this last week uh, against the Texans. wasn't wasn't great for him, at least not on the uh, on the stat sheet. But he, you know, he did enough to get him a win, which is, at the end of the day is, is what counts. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has kind of done the same thing uh, in relief of, of Drew Brees, who should be coming back, and you know, hopefully in the next you know four weeks or so. Um, but for right now, I mean, this is the time for for the Buccaneers to kind of make some ground up um, on these teams. I mean, the Falcons haven't looked great. You know, the, there was a lot of expectations for how the Falcons were going to do this year, considering the fact that I mean, offensively they have so many weapons between Devontae Freeman. They've you know they still got Julio Jones out there. Uh, Calvin Ridley obviously last year really came on strong, and you know he doesn't seem any worse this year. He is, hasn't really been getting the targets uh, that he'd like to see. Um, but uh, you can't argue that there's talent on the offensive end for for uh, for Atlanta. Um, obviously, they took a big blow to their defense with Keanu Neal not being there with another uh, Achilles injury, and that's that's a bummer for for him. You know, just just personally, you know, having two years having to go out with an Achilles uh, tear that's that's a bummer for sure. But I mean, you could argue that the NFC South right now is is wide open at least until these quarterbacks start getting healthy uh, in Carolina and in New Orleans. So, I mean, and the Buccaneers they got the talent to to match up with them. <laughs> it seems like right now, at least offensively and and defensively too. You look at Shaq Barrett; he's been fantastic. Yeah, I think I think the Bucks secondary will probably be there, there, and how good Jameis can remain to be. Like you know, we make excuses for the Saints and the Panthers they're on their second string quarterback, and at times we see Jameis kind of play like a backup quarterback. That's fair. Uh, he's been really good against the Blitz this year. Uh, I, I saw a set. I mean, like just really, really accurate. And I think he kind of always play, plays fast. So when he the blitz and there's not as much back there it works in his in his favor right and i think his only downside is at times where he doesn't get the blitz he's still playing at that speed and that's where you see a lot of his mistakes so i mean i think it's going to depend on how good the buck secondary can be how consistent can james be and you know can mike evans be okay with being somewhat of a um a decoy you know what i mean right um because 
if if you stay at this pace, then Godwin is going to be going to lead them in, in numbers this year. And so, can Eagles set aside? Can Jameis remain uh, consistent? And how does the secondary hold up? But to your point, I think the Bucks do have a solid chance to actually win the division. I think so too. I, so right now, if you were to look at at the teams in in the NFC South, if we had to make predictions right now as to who's going to win the NFC South, do do we have any any predictions here? Is this something we'd uh, we'd be interested in getting into? That's tough. I don't, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, passing the passing the box. So, who, who, so what, what do you think, John? Are you talking about me? Or are you talking about John Williams? Because I'm about John. Oh, you. Oh. Are you Jonathan <laughs> today? <laughs> This is the good thing about having being on a podcast with two guys with the same name. I right, can just yeah. say one, and one of them will answer. I identify with Jonathan. <laughs> okay, for today's episode. Well, just for the next five minutes. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, you're going to call me crazy, but I think the Bucks have an, have an opportunity right now to, to win the NFC South. I think that right now the the best defense in the NFC South – I would probably say is the Saints still. Um, I think the Panthers are a close second, so I do think the Buccaneers have the the second best, or sorry, the third best defense in the division. I still think their defense is really good, and they've got some good edge rushers finally now with with uh, with Mr. Barrett. So that to me might be the difference maker because even though they don't have that great of a secondary, as long as they can keep getting after the quarterback, they can kind of mask the secondary being as bad as it is, or as at least it's not great as it is, if they can get to the quarterback quickly. And I think they can really make some games up here. I mean, I know that the the defense in, in, in New Orleans has kind of carried them a little bit, and Christian McCaffrey's kind of put the Panthers on his shoulders a little bit. But in terms of, like, total team right now, where at least you're getting, like, really solid, you know, quarterback play that can put up points and getting, you know, and having a defense that can at least get it done, I say the Buccaneers might be able to take this division. You know what? We're going to find out on Sunday about <laughs> 5 o'clock. I'll be able to answer this question. But my gut is telling me the Saints just because of yeah. the momentum that they have right now. That's my gut telling so? me that, yeah. And I, w- I, would probably have, I would probably have to go Saints as well. Because if you, if you look from a, a team, they have everything that the Bucks have. Uh, you know what I mean? Like mm. it's a better running back. They still have a, an elite wide receiver. And, you know, they got a quarterback coming back. Teddy Bridgewater is probably the best backup Back quarterback in the league, if I have to. I don't know, man. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, man. He's looking – he hasn't had a chance to show on the field, but uh. – <laughs> I mean, Minshew. Um, but yeah, guy, he, he got some Minshew, man. <laughs> I want to talk about Minshew Mania a little bit, man. I love this guy. Good. This guy is wild, man. First off, I gotta I gotta say this tweet from from Adam Schefter. Apparently, the Jaguars are offering a package of tickets to the team's next two home games that includes a bandana and a mustache to Ooh. Gardner Minshew Staples and the opportunity to get a t- uh, photo taken on the field wearing the gear. That's how you that's how you market right there. It is it is very well done. Uh, by the Jaguar staff trying to capitalize on on Minshew mania, the, <laughs> the Minshew, if you will. This guy, I love him. First off, like there's like this whole like legend around him now because he's he, if he wasn't winning games, then people would be like, okay, like what's you know what's your deal? But first off, 
He's Gardner Minshew the second. There is no Gardner Minshew the first. His parents are just like, ah, we'll just call him the second. That's fine. Which is already <laughs> super weird, right? Apparently, his grandfather wanted to name him Beowulf, but they decided on Gardner Minshew the second. Thank goodness. Yeah. Wait, why does the grandfather get to determine? I, know, I guess I guess they were asking him like if he if he had his choice, it would be uh. Beowulf. Anyways, but apparently he's also before games stretching out in the locker room and nothing but a jock strap. I don't know if it's like an intimidation thing, telling people, hey, listen, I mean business. Who, his own teammates? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm the leader of this team. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, the dude's wacky. But, like, he's he's producing on the field. I mean, he's got. it seems like he's gotten better uh, each and every week that he's been on the field. Let me, let me give you some, some Minshew stats here, okay? First off, and, and this is hilarious, right? The completion percentage right now, I gotta I gotta throw this stat out here and you're gonna you know call me immature for pointing it out, but his completion percentage right now, uh sixty nine point four two zero. Wow, that's sounds like a good time. Which way you wanna go with that? <laughs> you can go either way with it. Like I'm I'm not you know, I'm trying to get too adult on the podcast here, but I'm gonna let those numbers speak for themselves. Doing this, is is Gronkowski now like ahead of yeah. Pat? Like how did <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's his, he's he's moonlighting as the uh, as the that's the that, Jaguars stat guy. By the way, that stat was definitely like sixty nine four nineteen. But he's like, eh, yeah, let's like round this baby up. Yeah, yeah, sixty nine point four two doesn't sound quite as good. Gonna add some insignificant figures onto the end of that, right? But I mean, passing right now. Let's see. I'm gonna look at the uh, the game log here. Okay, against. The Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, we know how that game turned out. didn't go great. Uh, but 25 attempts, 22 completions, 275 yards, 88% completion percentage. So they were really trying to get that average up. Um, two touchdowns, one interception. Not bad. And then you think, like, okay, well, you know, Kansas City's defense is kind of known to be a little porous. And, and that's fine. That's fine. But you look at the Texans, 22, uh, 23 of 33 for 213. And a touchdown, not bad, against the Tennessee Titans, who, by all accounts, have a pretty solid defense. 20 of 30, 204 yards, 66.7%, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's taking deep shots, too. He had a long uh, 37 yards. Not bad. Plus, you look at Denver, 19 of 33, 213 yards. Not amazing, but it's getting the job done. Mm -hmm. 57.6% completion percentage. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's taking care of the football, pushing the ball down to DJ Chark, who has been amazing. And I cannot say DJ Chark's name without saying DJ Chark. Do 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 do. I just can't. It's impossible. <laughs> Every time. Very nice. And I had that song stuck in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> I, you know what? I like that actually. Yeah. That was what. DJ I'm, I'm mad you beat Chark, me too. Do, 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 do. DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. Sorry for whoever's listening to this and has that song stuck in their head now. But he's on my fantasy team. Every parent. So thank you yeah. for my fantasy fantasy team name. I appreciate that. I'm literally going into the Yahoo uh, app right now to change my name to DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Amazing. I'm glad. I'm glad I could do that for you. But he's he's done enough to to get this team to two and two. You know, not, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's better than you would think with, with a backup quarterback. And the, they were talking about how the supporting cast, I mean, going into the season, D.D. Westbrook was supposed to be their number one wide receiver. Like, if that doesn't tell you about the state of the skill position players of the Jacksonville Jaguars, then I don't think anything will. They didn't have uh, Jalen Ramsey last week. I mean, he's going out there 
and the defense isn't as good as a unit as it has been, but he's leading them to these wins. Fournette's doing it on the ground now. You know, he's getting a little bit uh, of help from the from the running game. Finally, it's kind of opened up a little bit, uh, especially this last week against the Broncos. But I, I'm fully on board Minshew mania right now. Like, I am super stoked for this kid. I mean, I mean, and going back to how you know the state of the NFC South, the AFC South is pretty wide open too, because the Houston Texans haven't played great. They've been kind of up and down, really haven't been able to push the ball down the field right now because Deshaun Watson keeps getting sacked over and over again. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, they have Jacoby Brissett at the helm, but they just got blown out by the Oakland Raiders. Right? There's no, like, dominant team there. The Tennessee Titans are still the Titans. Their defense is good, but Marcus Mariota is trash. So, you know what, though? He, he has been playing horrible this year. Like, I know he is who he is, right? but he's not. He hasn't been horrible this year. I mean, he, he's like, not winning any football games. Like, he's managing games. Like, he, I, the difference between him and, like, Teddy Bridgewater is, like, very slim. He pushes the ball down the field a little bit more. But if you take Corey Davis or, or A.J. Brown and put them on other teams, like, they are immediately, like, stars, in my opinion. Because they're very I mean, good. I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong. To your point, I know Atlanta's defense is horrible. He had three passing touchdowns against Atlanta. He had 304 yards against Jacksonville. Uh, against Indiana, he had the one passing touchdown. And against Cleveland, he had three passing touchdowns again. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, to your point, uh, Cleveland and Atlanta both not the best defense. Cleveland has a good up front um, with Miles Garrett and, and, and whatnot. But, I mean, two, more, two, three passing touchdown games and then a, a 300 pass. Like you said, if he can manage enough for the Titans with that defense, who knows what they could do this year? So you're taking the Titans still in the division? Is that what you're saying? I mean, now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm simply saying that we have, if we're going to give Jameis some credit, we kind of got to give uh, Mariota some credit as well. You know, those guys are like, mm-hmm. they're like, they suffer together. They came into the league together. They were both <laughs> horrible. And now they're starting to get better. I feel like they should just, I, I want a reality TV show about the two of them when they both retire. And they're going to retire the same year. I promise you. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't know about that one. We'll see. But so, all right. So if we're pay, if we're picking right now, like we're a quarter of the way into the season, if we're picking, so we, we've already done our picks for the NFC South. I'm not going to do all the divisions of football, but I think the AFC South is another one of those divisions that's kind of wide open right now. That That's literally like probably the most level division in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it is. Everyone is two and two. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Well, okay, so that, that brings me to this. Before we get into, into our predictions for, for the AFC South, I do want to pull up this stat, which I think is hilarious. So uh, the Jaguars are 2-2. Two and two. They're 1-1 one and one at home, 1-1 one and one on the road. They've scored 84 points and have allowed 84 points. They're averaging 33.1 yards per drive and are giving up an average of 33.1 yards per drive. If that doesn't scream parody, I don't know what does. That is like, that. they're the perfect like 500 team right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that... I, I really think that their owner right now, uh, I think his name is Shad Khan, I think that he, because they, they've been saying that they're trying to like, you know, hold on to Jalen Ramsey. He's been asking for a trade, but they're saying like, no, like stay here, be part of it. The, and their asking price is tremendous because I think they really want to keep Jalen Ramsey because I think that they feel like they can really solidify not solidify themselves but i think they could really make a run for this division make a run <laughs> towards the playoffs with gardner Minshew at the helm 
if Jalen Ramsey comes back and solidifies that defense. Because that was the thing. Like, their defense was kind of falling off because their offense couldn't sustain drives because Blake, uh, Blake Bortles was terrible, right? And when they got halfway decent quarterback play from Blake Bortles when he went on these runs where he was like, okay, or actually like halfway good, they made it to the AFC Championship game. So I think that they're trying to hold on to Jalen Ramsey. And I think that if they hold on to Jalen Ramsey and they say, like, listen, like we're starting to win games now, it's all coming together, like stick it out for this year, we'll pay you, don't worry, it'll be fine. I think that they can win this division. Does anyone want to take me up on that bet? (laughs) Have a retort. That's how uh, podcasts work. I say something and someone else says something else. I think you're wrong, buddy. Okay, then, then, okay, who do you think can take that title from that? Problem is, I don't have the backup to tell you why, but Jonathan's going to go just, with his gut. <laughs> I, I think everything, like you said, I think it's all pretty pretty open. I kind of, I want to see, I like what Jacoby Brissett is doing with with the Colts, and I want to see, I want I would like to see the Colts actually pull away out of this division. I, I'm, I'm very interested. I mean, my whole thing is when the Jags, were on the board and they had an opportunity at Lamar Jackson and they didn't take it. I kind of wished bad on them moving forward because <laughs> I felt like you were given your opportunity to be good and you didn't take up on it. So now I want you to suffer. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have Minshew Mania. So I understand that he's like he's like he's almost like the you know you you asked the popular girl out on a date she told you no and then you met your true love who wasn't bad and she's still kind of pretty but. No, she's not what you wanted to start with, okay? Mm. I wanted Lamar Jackson for the Jags, and now he's killing with the Ravens. And I think that was the piece that they were missing. Like, I'm, I'm very happy for what they have now, but it's, a, it's definitely a settle. So, John, is, is a Minshew mania better than Fitz magic? Oh, 100%. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he's to, more realistic, too. Because to me, I mean, when you look at, at, at Gardner Minshew – Right now, he's he's taking care of the football really well, and he he takes his shots downfield, which is like why Ryan Fitzpatrick has his good days is because he presses the ball down the field, and if he can take advantage of a not so great secondary, he looks really good because uh-huh. he's smart. He's a smart guy, and he's a gunslinger. He just like throws the ball down the field with kind of reckless abandon. If he and if you play a secondary that's porous, then it looks really good for you. But the problem is when you start getting into some of these teams that you know might that have the talent to like freelance and stuff like that, that's where they get in trouble. Because what happens is sometimes guys on the back end, they'll have the, their assignments and they'll show like, okay, like I know my responsibility. Like right now we're in, you know, cover two, let's say, right? But the safety, what they'll do is they'll pretend like they're showing cover one, mm-hmm. right? So the strong safety will come down in the box and he'll pretend like he's going to rush the quarterback or whatever. And that's the thing that Ryan Fitzpatrick has trouble with is like when he makes his reads and he expects someone to be there and then they're not there is when he gets in trouble because that's when he throws it and then you see those boneheaded throws where he's like, why is he throwing directly to the guy? It's because the guy knows that based on this coverage, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be looking for this particular player to throw the ball to with this particular coverage. Right. And so they freelance a little bit. So even though their responsibility is cover two, they show cover one and then all of a sudden, guess what? They're running the other way with the football. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the trouble he has. Gardner Minshew, has done a good job of taking care of the football. He doesn't need to sling it as much. He's got a good running game. And as long as he can keep cleaning up his mechanics, his mechanics have been better week to week. They've been a lot better. I think that he can go really far. And I think that when Nick Foles comes back, they have a real issue with what they're going to do. 
I think it depends on what their record is when he comes back because they still have a couple weeks before he comes back. But to me, very interesting to see what they decide to do because they paid Nick Foles a lot of money to be their quarterback. And seems like he's always involved in in this it type seems of like situation. It, yeah. it seems one like side it. or the other, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> but they paid him a lot of money to be their quarterback, and if they're sitting at you know what seven and four, let's say when he comes back, like what do you do? You don't take the guy out. No. Same thing the Eagles and I, did. And I mean that's what that's what opportunity is all about. You know, right. and honestly, th- this is he really has and I'm not gonna paint I'm not gonna give him this just yet, but he really has the Tom Brady story. Six round draft pick. Right. You know, Tom Brady was behind Drew Bledsoe before he got his opportunity. He got he got injured and then boom, never gave his spot back. Right. You know, we're we are literally seeing the same exact thing. Six-round draft pick, got his opportunity because of an injury. Right. Does he give him his spot back? Now, because I have DJ Turk, dude, dude, I love that. Thank <laughs> you, brother. Because I have him on my fantasy team, I do want uh, Minshew to stay. Right. Because <laughs> they've got like the connection. Said, yeah, they, they have their connection. It's so obvious. D.D. Westbrook was Nick Foles' guy. That's why I drafted right. him. But then once everything kind of – once you know, we've seen the switch of the paradigm and – Minsky took over. It was like, okay, let me hurry up and go get uh, Shark before right. I, I lose on a wide receiver. So hopefully he can keep this position. All right, I'm I'm, I'm pulling for you because I'm I'm pulling for Gardner Minshew. You know, everyone, and that's the thing with the Patriots. I have a, ch- a tough time identifying and being like, oh, like I'm so happy for Tom Brady. You know, because he you know overcame the odds, underdog story, yada yada. At this point, I don't like the Patriots because they've just been trouncing the Dolphins year after year. So to me, like underdog story, get out of here, don't care. But the Jaguars, you know, <laughs> the Jaguars don't really bother me that much. We play them maybe once a year and that's it. Maybe we'll see them in the playoffs if either of us ever makes the playoffs, you know, which yeah. is very rare in and of itself. <laughs> you know, so at this point, I'm rooting for them. Now, if, you know, let's say, for example, the Dolphins tank goes really well and we've got Tua and, you know, uh, we're constantly vying for playoff positioning with the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which seems like some sort of bizarro world that should never, ever happen. Uh, but if it is, and you know, if it does end up happening, something like that, then maybe I'll harbor some resentment for, uh, for Mr. Gardner Minshew. But until that point, I'm going to be rooting for the guy for sure. So I did uh, bring up the Dolphins for a reason because we got a couple of minutes here and I do want to ask uh, you, Bubby, what's your problem, man? Your Washington Redskins are encroaching on the Dolphins' tank territory, my friend. Yes, sir. What are you yes, doing? Sir. Uh-uh. You've got your Listen. quarterback, Mr. Dwayne Haskins. You were so excited for it. <laughs> Listen, okay, you got the opportunity to draft your quarterback. <clears throat> Leave our quarterback alone. He's our Tua. Leave him alone. Listen, and you know what? And here's the thing. The, the Redskins, we want to win something, okay? So if we can't. If we can't win the playoffs, or we can't, uh, you know, obviously make it to the Super Bowl, then we're gonna win. We're gonna win something else. And we're gonna win the tank. Um, no. And then we'll gladly trade with you for the number one pick. No. And we'll trade back because, to your point, we do already have our quarterback. But I just gotta let you know, we're coming for it. So how about, how about this? How about this? Instead, you just win Week Six when you play us, and then you could do that. Oh, that no. could be your win for the uh, Ooh, for the year. How about that? Won't that? Go so well. Listen, that game is going to go into overtime oh. at zero zero, and we are literally going to. It's going to be a turnover. Is, it's a good thing that the NFL does not have college football rules because we would literally both be taking. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you know what they're going to do. I don't think it would be zero zero. You know why? I think at some point quarterbacks would just throw the ball behind them. I was going to say a little bit like. <laughs> 
No, you take 12, the two points. 12, you take both ah. teams having six safeties. You guys will never touch each other. Like you be like twelve to eight on safety. It's so funny because at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the season, I had said like, "Oh, like the Dolphins might win a game or two. You know, they, they start the schedule off hard and they play the the, the the Redskins week six. And you got so insulted when I said the Dolphins might beat the Redskins, and now you're saying like, "Please, Dolphins beat the Redskins." So, so where are your allegiances now, Bubby? You really still want the the Dolphins to uh, to beat the Redskins week six? Well, here's the thing. I don't. I still think that the Redskins, as bad as we are, I still like us to win four or five games. Right. I don't want to tank. However, if we have to lose games so that we can clear out front office, I'm all for it. Like there needs to be changes. So that's fair. I still like us to. I still think we could we could pull out five games, go five and eleven. Which I mean, it's nothing to be happy about. But it's. <laughs> Can we go to the next topic? I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not done talking talking about the tank quite yet because um, so there's not it's not just the the Dolphins and and uh, and the Redskins that are uh, vying for this tank you know for two or tank for at least the number one overall pick to trade it for picks or whatever. Uh, the Broncos also own four. And the Bengals also went in four, and the Bengals look terrible. Like I don't know how they're going to look with AJ Green back. I assume they're going to be better. I don't think they're actively trying to lose. They've got a new head coach. I mean, obviously they're probably going to try to move on from Andy Dalton at the end of this year, but I don't know if they're specifically going to go for the number one pick. I don't think that. I think they have too much talent on that team. Like I know Joe Mixon hasn't looked great because his offensive line has not been that good, but he's still really talented. And they got A.J. Green coming back in a contract year. And you can't tell me that A.J. Green being the difference maker that he is, if he can stay healthy once he comes back, won't win you at least a game or two. And the Dolphins do play uh, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and Mark your calendar's this down. Uh, I just found out. Uh, that, so they played December 22nd, I believe. I heard that just, uh, the, the game just got flexed to Cartoon Network. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'm joking. Don't <laughs> <laughs> obviously, not going to play a Cartoon Network. But it's, I mean, the both teams are obviously terrible. And I'm interested to see. They're both probably going to be 0 and 15 at that point. Uh, and, and I'm interested to see what's going on. But so I, I say that these other teams are encroaching on, on the Dolphins' tank territory, right? Or the tank for Tua territory. I would try to say that five times fast. It might be a little, a little hard for you. Tank it to a territory. Tank it to a territory. I can do it. I can do it. All right. So. This is a little stat for you. Of the four teams that are 0-4, the Broncos, Redskins, and Bengals have combined for negative for a negative 128-point differential. So not very good, right? We all we would all agree with that. Negative 128 points on the year is not a it's not good. I mean, it's combined, but it's not good. The Dolphins have a negative 137-point differential all their own. So the other one was combined. This one <laughs> negative hmm. 137 all by themselves. Honestly, Wait, so the other the other three teams have a combined three points. Yeah. What is it? One hundred and twenty-eight. Negative one hundred and twenty-eight. That's their their combined uh, their combined point differential right now. So, okay. so the Dolphins are historically terrible. Wow. So I still think I still have confidence confidence in us to suck worse than everybody else. Well, you got you got some competition in your division. You just play more games than them, but they're on the same path as you. What the Jets? Yeah. No. See, the thing is with the Jets, even though yes, they they are not good and they're also winless. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how the loss looks as long as it gets done. You That's, guys are you guys are pretty good looking losses. No, but you know the thing about the Jets, you got to think they're 
Darnold is out with mono. How long? And you no, know, he'll he'll be back. I think he has another. They're saying like another week or two okay. out. Um, so I think the buy helps them as well. Yeah, but well, I mean, yeah, I and and you know that Le'Veon is too competitive, right? And so is Adam Gase. I mean, I know that. Yeah, he's you know that's the thing. He's got something to prove right now because he. A lot of people are like we're questioning when the Jets picked him up. They're like, hey, like you didn't do that well with the Dolphins. You were fired and then you immediately got hired by the Jets. Like, why is that? Like, you, like. It's not like you put out a great product on the field when you were with the Dolphins. So, you know, the Jets front office basically has said, you know, we have confidence that with the right pieces, you know, you can be a good coach in this league. And I think that Adam Gase kind of wants to prove that. So I think when his quarterback gets back, he's going to try to actively win games. I don't think they're actually going to tank for Tua. Oh, they uh, pay too much money, too. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. If they, put, if they invested that much money and then end up going winless on the mm-hmm. season, I think New York would burn into the ocean. Or at least East Rutherford. Yeah. Well, they got the, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Patriots coming up next. And then Jaguars. Yeah. So. Right, and the Dolphins do have the Redskins coming up, so at least they have an easier schedule than the Jets do. <laughs> but, I mean, there's something to be said about a historic level of suck. So, anyways, uh, I'd like to mention real quick, I know that we're about an hour plus into this podcast right now, and I just I just want to mention this real quick because I think it's funny, and this is probably the only basketball we'll be able to get to today. What? As much as I want to get into the, the Damian Lillard Shaq uh, <laughs> diss track beef yeah. that's going on right now, which is hilarious and, you know, just it's just silly all the way around. Um, Hassan Whiteside, and this is like real quick, just because I'm a Heat fan and just like it blows my mind. Did you hear about this, Bobby? Hassan Whiteside said that he wants to be a point center now for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. He wants to average 10 assists per game. That's what he said. Uh, Hassan Whiteside currently, uh, when he was a member of the Miami Heat, had 0.9 assists per game. Oh, there's the point. He's a point center. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. The one point. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. No, he, that's not going to happen, right? Like, there's the, no. there's no chance he even gets to. I don't think he can average three assists per game. To be honest with you, because I've seen, like, I've watched this guy play with my own eyes. I've seen him down in the low post, right, with three guys around him, and instead of passing out, decides to put up a shot. Can I go ahead and say this? He will not reach a game of tennis. <laughs> On the in, on the entire season, and and it's not a knock at him. It's like you got to know what you got to know what your job is, what your role is, and they just don't need that from him. They have CJ McCollum, they have Damian Lillard. That's who their offense runs. There's good point guards who don't who don't average ten ten assists for a season. Most don't. Most don't. You're right. What makes you think that you'll have the ball in your hands enough? Man, he couldn't have been serious with that. I, I hope not. Like I mean, he's a good rebounder. I'm not gonna say that like, he's always averaged at least you know ten rebounds per game since he since he got to the Heat, right? But he's averaged one assist per game once in 2017. Since then, you know, other than that, he's had you know 0.1 uh, <laughs> assists per game in 2014, 0.4 in 2015, 0.7 uh, in in 2016. So he was on the up and up, uh, and then uh, 1.0 in 2017, then 0.8 in 2018. So a little a bit of a step back. Uh, for for Hassan Whiteside in the assist column, uh, you know, Are you joking when he said it. I d- like I hope so, you know, but it didn't look like it. Like he looked like he was full bore serious when he when he said this. Um, hold on, let me see if I can pull it up for you. Hold on, Dwayne Wade's probably laughing somewhere. Right Dwayne now. Wade is oh, here we go. crying, laughing right now. <laughs> crying, D-Wade, laughing. Wade, you Wade. What? 
I'm good. No, I'm, just, I'm just happy we got his name, man. I was getting nervous. Pull up the clip. <laughs> Let's see here. So I don't I don't have the the official video here, but the quote is, "I think I'm going to blossom a lot here." Whiteside said, "They have so much movement. They have so many different plays and reads. I can probably get a triple double with assists here." So already, like, no. You know, I've been getting so many assists and dimes. I'm playing more like a point center here. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's no way. Like, I, I'll tell you right now. Can can we make a can we make a bet or something like that with this? Where like, if if I, I'm gonna say that this season, Hassan Whiteside doesn't average more than three assists per game. I, I mean, I'll gladly take that. I, I feel like that's. I don't. I don't. I don't think he can. I don't think he can either. You said average. I, I think he'll average less than three assists per game. Will you say? Will you say more? No. I'll tell you what. How about I bring it down? I say. I say he won't. He won't average more than one point five assists per game. Ooh. That's, a, that's what I'm putting the line at right now because I don't think he can do it. I don't think he can average more than one assist per game. That's the under over for us. Yeah, one point five. One point five zero. I think he can get over one point five. You think so? Especially if his mentality is eleven. This is what I'm going to say. I'm gonna say. Shoot for the stars. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say he gets over that just so he shouts out our podcast. So when <laughs> people ask him, when people ask him, hey, you know, you didn't, you didn't reach your goal. He can say, yeah, but you know what? I got. I did more than what the somewhat sports podcast said I would get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say he'll get over. So <laughs> remember me. All right. After we'll, the season, we'll do. A little loud, like. All right, I think that'll do it for us here on the on the Somewhat Sports Podcast episode thirty five. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I will say, can you go ahead and please give us a, a like or a, what is it a rate a rate or review, uh, follow, subscribe, whatever you want to call it on the uh, the podcast feed, please. It means there's a whole a lot to us. Yeah, there's like a whole button there. Just hit subscribe. Just click on it. It's like super duper easy. Um, and if you want to uh, to have us answer a question live on the air, I guess not live because it's a podcast, but uh, answer us answer a question, any question. It could be sports-related, could be non-sports-related, whatever you want. Uh, just leave a five-star review, ask your question, and we'll go ahead and get to it. Uh, in addition, you can also follow uh, the show on Instagram and Twitter at Somewhat Sports. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at John Dennis Radio. That's J-O-N Dennis Radio. John? Uh, J-L Williams, five on Instagram. No Twitter. And Bubby, where can they follow you, man? Y'all know Bubs. Y-A-L-K-N-O underscore B-U-B-B-S. Very nice. Thank you again for joining us, Bubby. Uh, today we really appreciate really appreciate you uh, you calling in and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, Bubby, as you know, is the uh, director, what is it, director of player development at uh, University of uh, exactly. Wisconsin-Green Bay? That's, 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 there you go. That's it right there, Bubby. Season kicks off pretty soon. Yeah, super excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Make sure you go ahead and uh, and follow. What is, what's what's the uh, what's the handle for? Uh, was it Phoenix uh, underscore MBB? Um, I do believe so. I'm, I'm I got to get more on our social media, but uh, <laughs> I believe I believe that is it. That sounds about right to me. It looks good. Sorry, it's GB Phoenix MBB. That's the uh, Green Bay basketball. Uh, Twitter handle, yeah. so you can follow. You know what? It all... did sound a little. It sounded wrong to me. I yeah, could, the, right. some of the letters were there. They were in the right order. Yeah. Some of the, the content was there, but it wasn't quite the, exactly right. But yeah, go ahead and follow that, so you can see all the player development that Bubby's been doing <laughs> this off season. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Happy uh, International Podcast Day. Is that what today uh, is? Is that today or is no, that? I passed already. Oh. Yeah.
Well, why are we mentioning it now? We should have mentioned it last week. Yeah, but we're never going to mention it again. It's going to be a whole other year till we can say it again. I guess. All right. <laughs> we'll be on episode 89, 87, 52 weeks. Oh, look at that math. Yeah, don't ask me to do math, man. <laughs> you don't want to see that. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast, and we'll catch you next week.